Hi, this is Danielle Krissa from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 195 of Art for Your Ear. So, at the beginning of last week's episode, I officially announced the creation of the No Such Thing as Too Much Art Society, (laughs) a new quote-unquote club that I'm going to be launching in a few weeks. Well, I've been working away on it, deciding on the kind of content I'll be sending to you every day, benefits of membership, setting up the techie behind-the-scenes stuff, and obviously, designing a logo. Nothing feels real to me until there's a logo. I, I think that's the graphic designer in me. Anyway, I am really excited about it, and I hope that you will be too. I am sure you'll have questions. In fact, one of the questions I've already had is, are you going away completely unless I subscribe to the club? Absolutely not. I will still be sharing daily posts on Instagram, and of course, Art for Your Ear episodes will still be going up every weekend. I've got the content plan for the club almost completely figured out, and um, I'm going to be launching a new landing page on thejealouscurator.com that will explain the ins and outs about what members will get, and of course, how to sign up. Oh, that's the other question I've been getting. Can I sign up right now? Not yet, but thank you so much for your enthusiasm and wanting to be part of this new venture. Now, as I mentioned last week, I thought long and hard about how much this monthly subscription should be. I didn't want to ask you to dip into your art supply budget, that is for sure. I also know that general life requires, you know, money. So, where might there be some wiggle room? Obviously, I headed over to Google and I searched for how much is a tall Starbucks latte? (laughs) And it is around $3, so that's where I landed. I figured I could forego a latte a month for something, so I thought, hopefully, you could too. So skip one latte a month and put that money towards getting artsy content delivered from me to you directly into your inbox Monday through Saturday. Oh, and when I was setting up the payments, the techie behind the scenes stuff would not let me do it for less than $5 a month. So when it does come time to sign up, you will see that the price is listed at $5 a month or... $36 a year. Sneaky. Yep, I just managed to scooch around that little financial hiccup. Pretty sneaky, right? Yes, I thought so. Anyway, that is enough math. (laughs) Let's talk about art. So this week's episode is yet another something new. Clearly with a new year, I was looking for new stuff to do. So welcome to the first installment of Paint Chips. Two artists eating chips and talking about paintings? Yep. (laughs) Okay, from here on out, uh, paint chips will just be a fun midweek sort of mini episode that shows up every now and then. The only reason you're getting it this weekend is because A, I just recorded this one and I had so much fun that I had to share it immediately, and B, because I wasn't organized enough to record a regular episode. (laughs) Ah, transparency. Okay, so paint chips. The idea came from my brilliant husband, Greg, Um, over Christmas. An artist in Sweden had sent me a bag of super weird chips. They were salted caramel potato chips. Um, Just sort of as a funny thought, I would think it was weird and delicious, maybe. Um, And Greg said, hey, you should get artists from all over the world to send you chips, and then you can eat them while the two of you chat about your favorite pieces of art. He said, it's going to be your two favorite things, artists and chips. Oh, Greg, you're so funny. 
That's what I thought. And then I went right back to eating the chips and basically immediately stopped thinking about what he had said. <laughs> the next day, though, he walked into the living room and said, I've got it. You should call it paint chips. Get it? Paint chips? Oh, I got it. <laughs> and he was right. It was way too clever and delicious for me to pass up. I immediately emailed my friend, Philly-based artist, illustrator, and educator, Martha Rich, because frankly, Martha's usually up for just about anything. Well, this situation was no different. She quickly responded with, I've got some good ones for you. And then she popped a couple of bags of Pennsylvania-made chips in the mail, and here we are. <laughs> now, to keep the total transparency thing going, um, I don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> when I started Art for Your Ear, 195 episodes ago, it was exactly the same. Uh, I had no structure. I was just kind of winging it. And fun fact, Martha was my very first guest back then too. See, she is always my go-to for trying weird new stuff. Okay, so I've got my bowls of chips. I've picked a painter to talk about, as has Martha. Oh, but P.S., paint chips won't be limited to painters. It just makes for a catchy title and a good first episode. Um, if you're not listening to this on my site, maybe do a quick swing by thegelscurator.com to see the artists that Martha and I are talking about. It'll help our descriptions of cat ladies and possible crime scenes make a lot more sense. Anywho, I really want to eat these chips. <laughs> so let's get on with this, shall we? Art for Your Ear brings you Paint Chips, the Utz Honey Barbecue Edition with Martha Rich. Hello, Martha Rich. Welcome to the first episode of Paint Chips. Hello, Danielle. How are you? <laughs> Good. Do you like how I arranged this so that my friends have to send me chips? I think it was very smart of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, chips. the last time I saw you, I made you go on like a scavenger hunt to find chips after an art opening. I know. So here we are. And um, you said, when I told you about this, you said, oh, have I got chips for you? Because these are Pennsylvania chips. I think so. Yeah. I just looked them up. Look, I don't even, I just, yeah, Hanover PA. Yep. I just know I love Utz chips. Yep. And so you sent me two kinds. You sent me plain and you sent me um, honey barbecue because that's your fave. Yeah, I just thought you should probably have a comparison, but I love, I'm not, I'm, I'm not as big of a potato chip person as you are. I know. What's but your snack do, of choice? Um, what do I like? I don't even know. What do I snack on? Oh my gosh. I actually, if I have to do chip kind of thing, I like uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Okay. But like, say you're working late in the studio and you're like, Ooh, I'm a little peckish. What would you have? A glass of wine. Oh, okay. You're one of those people. I get it. No, I like, I don't, you know, I'm not a big snacker. I just like, give me a hoagie, give me a hagie, um, and some Dor cool ranch Doritos and okay. I'm happy. Okay. I don't That's... even know. I don't think I'm a snacker. Well, you're so lucky. Every once I... in a while though, I'm trying to be healthy and I'll snack on grapes. Oh, so lame. Whenever I, I have to like snack yesterday, I, I was craving my friend makes these amazing, she started this like biscuit scone business Ooh. and um, you can order custom, like she'll, she only has like certain slots for the day. But right after my surgery, she gave me these cheese and chive ones and they're like Ooh. fresh from her oven. Oh my God, my mouth is water. And I, yesterday I was just thinking about them, could not stop thinking about them, but I have a gluten allergy. 
So I can't eat them without like a ton of pain. So I had this stupid bowl of almonds and I was pretending that the almonds were a cheese scone. Well, that works. It didn't work at all. (laughs) It didn't work at all. I was very disappointed, but I was like, oh, well, at least I have paint chips tomorrow with Martha. And it's, um, it's 9am for me. So I'm having chips for breakfast. So I'm feeling pretty. I'm basically having chips for lunch because I don't have lunch here. Yeah. Great. That works you know for what? everybody. Chips are gluten-free. I know. I saw in their package they have this giant gluten-free. That's some smart marketing because it's like, they're it's all gluten-free. Of, it's made out of potatoes. Yeah. But then you see that in the store and you're like, oh, I don't want to eat gluten. I'll get these chips. But you could have gotten any of the chips. But so well done, Uts, because that's pretty clever. Or it's just like people are so... It's, it's, it doesn't say much for consumers. If no, you have I guess. To, like, tell them that it's gluten-free. Yeah. <laughs> I looked them up just, you know, to do my research. I like to research the art and the chips. They were started in 1921. They, there's a whole section on their site for cheese snacks. Oh gosh. They have like cheese balls and cheese puffs and potato puff cheese things. Oh God. Delicious. I love the little logo too. I think it's very. Yeah, cute. me too. The logo really sells it that's why i went to see if they had other stuff because on the the bag the chip bag the u is like a chip it looks like she's going into it so i was like oh i wonder what else she's dipping into on other logos you know what i mean anyway i did my research so before we really get going we're gonna we both brought painters that we love so we're gonna talk about their work and why we love them and also i just have to before we get going i have to give a shout out to another podcast that doesn't exist anymore but you can go listen to it called mike and tom eat snacks have you ever heard Uh, of that podcast uh oh my god it's so funny it's tom cavanaugh and michael ian black did you ever watch ed back in the day yeah so it's them and they are really good friends and they're so funny and so they started this podcast a few years ago i think they did like a hundred episodes, hundred and something and stopped where the, every episode they would eat snacks, discuss the, the, the merits and the downfalls of each snack, rate the snack and call it a day. But within the hour, of course, they go off on these crazy improv tangents. And anyway, it's very, very funny. Wow. So I, I, that, I love that podcast. So I have to give them a shout out because I'm not stealing from them. I'm inspired by what they've brought to the snack game. You're taking it to the next level. By well, I'm just adding art. a little art. Yeah. So I just, but yeah, shout out to um, Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. Okay. <laughs> Okie doke. Okie doke. So um, I'm having a really hard time not trying this chip right now. My mouth is watering. So let's try the chips first. I already first. ate some before I got on here. But see, I wanted, your, I wanted you to see my genuine reaction to the honey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we will talk about your artist. Okay, ready? Ooh, mm-hmm. Oh, those are really good. Is that the honey barbecue? Yeah. I figure if you didn't bother with the plain, I won't. They're delicious. You need, if you have plain, you need like onion dip or something. Mm -hmm. They're really good, Martha. I know they're classic. Well, I mean, unless is honey barbecue classic? Mm. They're classic in the honey barbecue sense. We have barbecue chips here. Um, I was worried about the honey because I thought they'd be too sweet. Mm -mm. Just enough. Just enough. I'm going to try one plain one just for research and science. Oh, yeah, those are good. Normally, hmm. well done, Uts from Hanover, PA. Normally, plain chips, 
need to be rippled for me to enjoy them. Oh, really? Well, they have rippled Uts, but I'm not, I'm classic. Just a flat old (laughs) orange chip. (laughs) Flat old classic Martha Rich. They're really good. Do you want to know something? I hate hearing other people chew and eat. I know. That's what I was thinking. I apologize for It would be a problem with this line of podcasting. It's gross. Like it is gross. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, then you have to just do it super crunchy that. like this. Or like ASMR where you're like, oh, this is such a good chip. <sighs> Can I, I want to try right, one. Because I'm grossing myself out. The only person I mind, I don't mind hearing chew is myself. Right. Well, that's good because then you would never eat. okay i want to do one asmr and then we're going to talk about your artist no i can't even do it you just did too good of a job i'm going to do one more crunch because these are really good this is a good breakfast i know they're good they are good chips yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't lie no i thought they'd be greasier they're not they're really good it's a good chip it's a Mm -hmm. very very good chip i could eat a whole giant bag of the honey barbecue then then your mouth ends up hurting at the end though so you don't do it or you do do it like I do, and then you just deal with it after. <laughs> yeah, then you just eat some ice cream to soothe you. There mouth. you go. That'll be the follow-up episode. Okay, Martha, <laughs> tell me. Okay, we've covered the chips. Now we go to the paint. Who did you bring? Um, I was, I, you know, at first I was like, I should just, you know, pick a painter that I've loved forever. But I went and looked for somebody new. Um, and I found this lady called Leonor Fini. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name. She's from Argentina. Um, but she spent most of her, she's a, a, a surrealist painter and I don't know. I just not, I didn't like every single one of her paintings, but I picked three that I really liked cause it was like her portraiture is amazing. And she reminds me of my favorite contemporary painter, George Andine. Who so, I got to meet with yeah. you when we were in Joshua tree. Yeah. Um, well, and actually when you sent these and said, here's who I'm going to talk about for a second, I thought they were her. Yeah, there's a, you can see there's a similarity. Yeah, a certain weirdness going on. Yes. Okay, so talk about the three. There was one that looked like a cat lady situation. Yeah, well, I guess, I don't, I, I'm still, I, now I'm going to have to research this lady because she's really interesting. How did you I find guess. her? Like, what, where did you know. search? I remember there was another surrealist woman, and now I can't remember. I can't remember. See, all right, I'm not very good at retaining art history and names and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I'm not a deep thinker when it comes to art. I like what I like. I think it's interesting. And I'm like, I want to go inside that painting and see what's going on. But I don't, I'm not one of those analytical, you know. Love that. I love it. I was just talking to somebody about that, about um, how there's this snobbery around art and how you're supposed to, like, it's like you're supposed to have a PhD in art to be allowed to even step into a gallery. Yeah. I I don't think gallerists feel like that, but I think people in general feel kind of scared that they're supposed to know a whole bunch of stuff. Otherwise they, they can't even say that they like art or something, you know, you need all these qualifications yeah. and you don't, you can just like it cause you like it and want to go and hang out in that world. I love that. And I mean, maybe it's, and you have an MFA. I, I know. Yeah. I have an MFA. What the heck? Um, but I like what I like. And, um, and I read, I started reading about her and she lived in Paris and hung out with all the surrealists and all that kind of stuff. But she was super independent and she had 17 to 23 Persian cats. 
Wow. So she painted this, this one painting I'm talking about is called Dimanche Après Midi, which means Sunday afternoon. Yeah. France. Ooh. France. Ooh la la. But I don't know. I kind of, it's so weird. It's like people on a shelf with cats. <laughs> and I like this. And this was painted in 1980. So it's like, I don't know. I don't, what's going on? It's just women and cats on a shelf. Was she still in, do you know if she was still in Paris then or did she end up? I think so. I think that's where she had her, let, lived her days, yeah. her remaining days. Um, but I, I like that she's, you know, that seems like something that an art snob would be like, well, she painted cats, you know? Right. And she has a whole bunch of portraits of cats that are really amazing. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of Persian cats. I like short hair, gray, gray short hairs. <laughs> but there's a variety of cats in this picture. And it looks like, you know, women hanging out with their cats. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Be a nice place to be on a, a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I only yeah. have one cat. I don't think I could deal with like 20 cats. Oi. No, that's a lot. At that point, you just have to surrender, kind of. Like, they're kind of in charge at that point. Yeah, that's too many for me. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that's what the art history books will say about you. Maybe you're just not there yet. Maybe they'll be like, oh, and then she lived in Philadelphia with 17 to 23 short-haired gray cats. No. (laughs) Cats are, I mean, cats are great. I love cats. But, you know, too many of them, they smell. And you get hair all over everything. I already have hair all over everything. (laughs) And Persian cats, 23 Persian cats, that's a lot of hair. That is a lot of hair. But I love this painting. I think it's really, like, I want to know what she, I think it's a self-portrait. I think it's um, somehow a self-portrait. See, that's my deep thought. It's yeah. a self-portrait, I think, and she likes cats. Yep, and I like a classic orange flat chip. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And what, was, yeah. what was the next one? Um, this one's called Mrs. Hassel Letter. Hassel, Hasselter? It's from 1942 and it's a portrait, but you know, it's kind of like a formal portrait. You can, but it's kind of, it's painting her like nice and wrinkly and there's, her hair is akimbo and maybe made of feathers. That's what I it's thought. I thought it looked like feather. With dead branches all around her. And I like that it looks like it should be one of those portraits you'd put over your, um, you know, you're a rich lady and you would put it over your mantle. Yeah. But it's a little <laughs> surprising. Because it is. It's not, I want to know. Now I need to know about Mrs. Hasselter. Yeah. Hasselter? That's a weird I would love to hear. Sto- I would like to hear the stories. Like, this is why I do the podcast because you guys are alive and I can ask you this stuff. But, like, wouldn't it be cool to, like, go for a coffee with her in Paris and ask her, like, about all of this and to ask, like, what it was like hanging out with the surrealists in Paris and as, especially as a woman? Yeah. Well, it seems like starting to read the bios of Leonore, um, it was all about cats and like menage a trois. Oh, hello. It seems like she has a little, you know, she's very adventuresome sexually. Yes. Well, I guess you would have to be if you were an independent woman living in Paris, painting, you know, things and hanging out with surrealists. It's going to get. And then she also didn't like to be like called, like she, she, she was super independent and was like, yeah, I do surrealist art, but I'm not, you know, I'm not in that group. Oh, okay. I think that's what I was, re- I have to read more about her. I literally was searching for something today. So I haven't done, you know, depth. Martha, I expect 
For a quality program like Paint Tips, I expect days and days of prep and research. Yes. But I like that she's painting an older woman. <laughs> I'm like, okay, enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that she's painting an older woman with wrinkles and feather hair and nudity. And I like it. Yeah. That was from 1942. I don't think they were painting paintings like that. You know, yeah. you were going to, like, I would pay her to have to do my portrait. Right. Because I know it wouldn't be. Just, and even the ones that are more formal that I look, if you look at her work, there's a lot of really interesting portraiture. That's my I wonder what people part. thought of her at the time, like, you know, because portraiture then was very, you know, it wasn't feathers and wrinkles and stuff. I'm, I'm, I wonder what people thought of her. She probably didn't care. Probably. Yeah. She like she did her thing. She yeah. did her thing. <laughs> um, but did you have one more there? I have or one more that is called Figures on a Terrace from 1938. And I have absolutely no idea, but what, struck me is the wild hair like what happened it looks like they had like a very very wild party because there's lots of things going on in this picture but maybe it was post menage however many are there yeah so there's five people here so mm-hmm. we don't know it looks like maybe somebody's jumped over a railing too i see a pair of shoes in the background or maybe she was going to, I don't know, but there's a lot of very, so I identify with wild hair because that's kind of what kind of hair I have. <laughs> She's also a self-taught painter. That's one thing that I think is good too. She taught herself how to paint. Cool. Um, I'm going to put these on the, on the site with, so that everybody can see what we're actually talking about. So that while we're talking, they- It looks like a wild, wild, wild party maybe at the end and they may have killed a bird. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I see. Where are the shoes? There's one. Yeah, there's yeah, a definitely a dead stocking. bird. Yeah. I don't know if that guy in the background is gonna jump or is I don't know what I feel like there's an ocean on the other side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that I is a very small it. head on that lady, but wild hair. Her face is very, very teeny. Yeah, no, it, they are really cool. I think my favorite one. And it also looks like it was painted in the 60s a little bit, but it was 1938. Yeah. And then the one that was painted in the 80s looks like it was painted way before the 80s. Like, it looks like it's the 20s or something. I know. It's so weird. I, I just, you know, paint what you want to paint. Yeah. I feel like that's what she did. She painted what she wanted to paint. And a lot of, like, her, her work is all over the place, too. There's a lot of different... I think she also did illustrations and she did all, you know, film and all kinds of other things. She was just out there being a wild, creative woman. And I appreciate that. That's what I'd like to be. She's like what I would like to be, but I'm too normal. Like, you know, she'd go out with like big gigantic headdresses and, you know, flowing robes and doing weird things. And I'm just not, I, inside my head, I'm one of those fabulous artists kind of people, but basically I wear, t-shirts and jeans and shorts and kimonos in the summer and that's it I know I always wish that I was those people too and then I think if I put those things on I would look like a crazy person and then sometimes like these people can pull it off and it works and it's fabulous and and I just feel like I'd look like I was in a weird costume that didn't fit right (laughs) yeah I agree that's what I mean I feel like you have to be it has to be who you really are yeah it's kind of like a thought in my head but it's not really who I am I want comfort yeah but you've got your you're wearing a um, pom-pom and tassel necklace right now 
yeah. over top of your t-shirt and jeans and you're rocking that. Yeah, I do like this necklace. Yeah. I brought it in because I was, I, I was going to have my picture portrait taken by my studio mate. So I needed a little pop of color since everything's, I'm so gray and it's winter skin. And I know I was just looking in the mirror thinking, boy, I need a little sunshine, you know, between sort of like trying not to leave your house because of COVID mixed with it's the middle of winter. It's just like, Ooh, I need to go outside. <laughs> Can you see there's sun, my, there's sun coming in my window right now. Ooh, we have a little, it's, it's not, it's warmer today. It's like in the forties. So I'm going to put my flip flops on. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of there. Grab a kimono and okay. I'm going to have a cleansing chip in between painters. I know I'm going to have to have a, okay. Cheers. Okay. I'll crunch really loud. So I don't upset you. Or is the crunching the problem or the smacking the problem? I don't know. I, it, I think it's okay. Cause it's far enough away. I'll back up for a moment. It's the smacking. Oh my God, they're really, really good. As soon as we, as soon as we hang up, I'm eating the whole bag for the they're rest really of my breakfast. And this is so brilliant. Of course, this, this paint chips thing was Greg's idea. He always you, comes up gonna, with the best ideas. Are you going to give him a chip? Probably not. I'm really not very good at sharing chips. Well, I just love them so much and I so rarely get them that I don't really like to share. <laughs> it's not bad. Okay, so this is, okay, the painter that I brought is Amy Bennett. Do you know her work? I she's a, She's a contemporary artist. Okay, so the reason I picked her is, and I brought two paintings, she does these really cool, like, neighborhood, like, voyeuristic paintings. And what she does, though, is she builds the entire diorama. So she has built a 1 to 87 scale full neighborhood <laughs> with houses and railways and mountains and whatever. And she builds this whole thing. And then she goes in and takes close-up photographs of different scenarios. And then she paints the scenario. Oh, wow. And there's always something. Now, the reason I picked her is, is because my favorite thing to do is to watch true crime and eat chips. <laughs> I have a like really Dateline. hard time. Yeah. Oh my God. I love Dateline. I have a really hard time watching like uh -oh. 2020. Oh, what? What did I do? Okay. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> did you click me away? I was trying to Google Amy Bennett. Oh yeah, you can. You just won't see me, but that's okay. No, no, I've uh, got it. Now I've got you on two different screens. Oh, cool. <laughs> High tech. Um, so yeah, I have a really hard time watching true crime without chips. Like I crave them if I'm watching true crime. So anyway, in her paintings, um, I think the first time I wrote about it was right when I first started the podcast. She, um, there's always something going on that looks like maybe something happened. Because yeah. it's a lot of the lighting is quite dark, and because you can see the tiny people, it's almost like you know those little tiny people that people buy when they do model railways. It's those little people, right? So um, she just finished a huge new series, I think last year or maybe 2019, called um, "Nuclear Family." I think she had a baby in real life, so she's so it's sort of like this looking into people's homes. Um, but the husbands and the wives are never in the same room. And there's always like, there's this weird disconnect. So you would love it, Martha, because you can read, you can find stories. There are stories in every single one. 
I love, there's two pieces from an old, I think 2006, 2007 series that she did called Neighbors. First one is called Losing It. It's at night. I should have sent this to you. Why did I not? You can Google Amy Bennett losing it. And I, it, I, this is familiar. Yeah. I've written about I, her a few times. I've never had her on the podcast, but um, I just, I just love them because they're so, so beautifully painted. Like they're so realistic and stuff, but I love her process that the fact that she actually builds the sets first photographs them from different angles and then paints them so beautifully and there's always like this weird narrative so losing it is a guy sitting in a half-filled pool at night and it's like what what's going on there you know it feels very true crime to me I you know if I weren't if I hadn't become an artist I would have become a detective yeah (laughs) and this is like wait who's that on the side and is this this guy's house or is he like what has happened? Is he about to kill himself in like an inch of water? I don't know. It's super spooky, isn't it? I and love her it. lighting is always like that. And sometimes she does um, cutaways of the houses so you can see people in the different rooms. And sometimes there's just someone lying on a bed, and you're like, are they dead? Now, see, this could be this could just be because I watch a lot of true crime, and other people would see it and go, oh, they're having a nap. But in my head, I'm like, that person's dead. I wonder if the person downstairs did it. Wow. Yeah. So that's that one, losing it. And then the other one is called this. I love this one. I think it's also from 2006. It's called Coincidence. Coincidence. So Google Amy Bennett Coincidence. And also, of course, I'll put this in the post. So you guys are probably going to, the listeners can be looking at it as we chomp on chips. So this one is like an, a wintry aerial view. One of the houses you can't see into, one of the houses you can, it's like a cutaway from the roof. I'm not entirely sure. It looks like somebody's lying in hmm. in a bedroom on a floor, but then there's also a body out in the snow. Oh, in the snow. Oh, there it is. Oh, wow. He's lying face down. Is he doing snow angels or is he dead? Oh my gosh, that's really cool. Yeah. So doesn't that make you want to watch 48 hours or something? Yes. I feel like that's a snow angel. Do you? I don't see any blood. Well, it could have been, it could have been poisoned. Could be. You got to send out for the toxicology report. This is really, I love these. Oh, wait. So there's someone lying inside too. Yeah. See, in the cutaway, somebody, I think that's why it's called coincidence. Cause it's like, well, there's somebody lying in the house, but then there's somebody lying out there. And these could be totally harmless. It's just a coincidence. Someone's doing a snow angel. Someone is lying on their floor, listening to records. Yeah. Stretching a little yoga. I. With, if I, maybe if I didn't have my chips, I would assume that I've got my chips though. And I'm like, aha, murder. Poison? Yeah. Poison. Yes. <laughs> but that's the whole thing is you don't, you get to like, my, I, I, since I have such a positive psyche, I was like, oh, snow angels. And you're like, murder. <laughs> I know. That's my Canadian nature. You know, we just are like look, looking for the worst. No. You're nice. The- we're the nice, nice ones. and polite, but your deep thoughts are about murder. And then yeah. here we're in Philly where everybody's mean and like, eh, and I'm like, no <laughs> <"Snow> angels. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, I watch when I'm, when I'm working in my studio, I have true crime on in the background. So I don't really watch it. I can just hear it. And so I said to my husband last night, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've learned so much from those shows just on that I could probably solve a crime. 
you could probably commit a crime too and not get and, and get, get away, away with it. it. Yeah, I know how to do all of that too. I wouldn't. Oh my word, I wouldn't. But You'd I be could. The perfect person to be a criminal because you're just you know you look so normal, sweet and innocent. Nobody would suspect a thing. And plus, I know how to cover my tracks now. You're like a blonde middle-aged white lady from Canada. You can totally go on a crime spree and probably nobody would arrest you. Martha, you just have totally blown my cover now. Now, this is the first place they're going to come now when there's a crime spree in Summerland. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, she's, um, the cool thing about this too is exactly what you said, like that you can look at these and that there's, you know, sort of a story everywhere. And that's purposely what she did. She said, um, Part of her artist statement says, um, uh, working with common themes such as transition, aging, isolation, and loss, I'm interested in the fragility of relationships and the awkwardness of a group of people trying to coexist and relate to one another. To that end, I create miniature 3D models to serve as evolving still lives from which I paint detailed narrative paintings. I so I, I read an interview with her where she said, you know, sometimes like she'll build a little tree outside of a house, but then one day a little car will come and smash that tree over. Like she'll actually take one of the little cars, knock the tree over. There's a whole other scenario. Who knocked the tree over? Was it the guy who lives down the lane or was it like, you know, so, and she, and then she creates this whole full world. It's so cool. I, I like, I, that's, I mean, I think about that living, moving from the suburbs to the city. I think about that a lot because we all like, we, we, I live on a block of townhomes that are pretty close together and we're very, you can hear what's going on in other people's houses. And it's kind of just a miracle that there isn't more murder. <laughs> yeah, especially right now where everybody is feeling very tense and too close and you're too close to me and now back up and you know. But then there's also this like cooperation that happens too that I also find very interesting because we're you know you're kind of having the you're it's like people live in your front yard or right next you know yeah and you have to kind of deal and I'm lucky because I don't know we don't have any really like horrific people on our street but it could be if you have one person on your street who's a nightmare it can it's bad yeah it totally changes your whole existence yeah well I think what what happened with her like was she she moved from the city to I think she was in New York and she moved to upstate New York so she went from the city to the yeah, burbs but... yeah and I think felt isolated from what I can tell I just I I've read a few interviews and stuff and it sounded like she had a baby you know was feeling kind of out in the middle of nowhere yeah. Um, and then it's the opposite because then you don't know your neighbors and you don't know all the people around you. So then you start wondering, you know, <laughs> you kind of start making things up in your head about what's going on over there. Cause you actually have no idea. That's I love, I love these. I'm going to have to look at more of them. I think they're really, mm. I can't believe that she builds the, the setup yeah. and then paints. I know I'll put those photos into they have she has them on her Instagram they are crazy I, I'd probably written about her two times before I realized that she actually built them because I I was like wow these look like dioramas and then when I started doing a little research I was like oh my gosh they actually that's how they start and I think her last show she may have even had the dioramas in the show so there was like you could actually see that but then there was the paintings that came out of this neighborhood that she'd built so cool yeah. I want, does she keep all the dioramas? Cause they look big. I just saw the setup. Know, they are big. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I see. I, I reached out to her to have her on the podcast, but I didn't hear back, but that might've been right when she had a baby and was like, 
I don't know. I'll try again because clearly we have a lot of questions. Yes. I, I find these very intriguing. Yeah. Both of us came with weird narrative work. That's cool. I like, I mean, I like narrative. I like, Me too. I, I'm, I mean, I, I, I appreciate all kinds of art, but I'm always drawn to the one I was going to talk about was the Un Henri Rousseau, the sleeping gypsy. It's a, it's a painting that I remember from my kid, my youth, but then I was like, oh. I need to, I need to branch out and look at other, but it's another narrative. It's like, what's happening? Why is that gypsy laying in the middle of the desert with a lion looking out, you know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess I, but you know, it was only one artist and I wanted it to be a woman. Yeah. Me too. I hear you. I hear you. But well, now we've learned all sorts of new things. I know. I'm going to look at more Amy Bennett's for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's Googling to be done. And I feel like I've seen her work from a while ago, but it's nice to be reminded. And now I'm going to look into both of these artists and try to learn something new. Yeah, me too. Well, before we go, um, so that I can just gobble down these chips in the privacy of my own home without a microphone in front of them, um, what's going on with you? Um, I'm... <laughs> Teaching and um, teaching is teaching online now is taking up so much more time than it is to go into class. And I'm it causes me so much anxiety preparing yeah. to teach on a Zoom class. And I'm shocked by that, that I've been consumed with. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing a class that it used to be in person in Los Angeles and I'm having to do it online and it freaks me out. So I'm trying to deal with that. And then. I've got a couple little jobs here and there that I'm working on. Yeah. Do you have time for any of your own stuff or are you just too busy with school? No, I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out how to make time. But today I'm working on a, a like a cut paper painting that's going to um, a fundraiser. For the oh, I think, university. did you just, you, yeah. did you just post something about, yeah, yeah, it looked great. That's not, that's just the little pieces of paper that I haven't even glued down yet. Oh. So I don't know if people thought that was the piece because it's not. It's just like probably a thousand little pieces of paper. Oh my God. Which what I kind of glue do you that. use? What? What kind of glue do you use? I'm just using Mod Podge. Oh. It works. And yeah. Yeah. I just, I've been painting. I have like hundreds of pages of book pages that I painted with different colors. This is all inspired by Matisse. Um, but it's, it's going to be cool. Yeah, I that's hope. awesome. Yay. It's, it's me being absurd. It's called I Exist, LOL. <laughs> I just love you your want, brain. It's inspired by a meme. If you Google I Exist, LOL, it's the best. I think it's the best meme I've ever seen. It's like this lady with a, she's got like, and like a, I don't know. It's, it's very weird, but it's this lady and a dolphin and... <laughs> It just says, I exist. I, I, that's how I feel. It's like, what, why are we here? What are we doing? I exist. LOL. Yeah. I laugh out loud. Yeah. Like we're on a, it's like, what's the point of everything? I know you've <laughs> been alone too long. <laughs> this is just about exist. What is the point? So you might as well cut out little pieces of paper that are pretty colors and Enjoy yourself. Life is so serious and there's so much pain and anguish everywhere. And we're just walking around. On I know we're tiny little, we're tiny little specks on this planet. I always think that too. We live, um, well, you have to come visit me one day and I'll come visit you one day. Yes. Um, but we live in this valley and 
the valley was created like, you know, half a million years ago when icebergs went through and carved out our, where our lake is. And sometimes when I'm feeling like, oh, you know, stressed about whatever, I just sit there and I look out at those mountains and I think, I am so tiny and insignificant. Like this valley has been here like this for so long and I'm just passing through on a quick little blip for a couple of decades, you know, and it's just like, okay, chill out. Things aren't so bad. Eat some chips, go make some clay cigarettes. It'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> I have literally been in my basement studio. I think I'm at like 600 clay cigarettes now. 600. That's amazing. I know. I can't wait. I'm just still going. It's very, it's very meditative. And um, I don't totally know where it's going, but I really like making them. So it's sort of the same thing. It's like, well, I can stress out about where this is going, or I can just really enjoy making them. Are you going to make ceramic honey barbecue potato chips? Well, I might now. I'm inspired. These are really good. I am surprised that I I like a non-ripple. I wouldn't send you shoddy chips. No. Well, when we first talked about this, you said, do you know about Utz chips? And I, I was like, oh, are those for people? I thought they were utes. I was like, I thought, I thought they were for people without a uterus like me. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just fill that space with chips. Yeah, there's, there's a chip line for people without <laughs> uteruses, which would mean men. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And people who've had hysterectomies. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's like a business plan. <laughs> it's gluten-free. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is just getting super weird now. Um, Martha, thank you so much for doing this weird experiment with me. I think it was hilarious. Um, now I feel like I know you're not really a chip person. I mean, I, I like about- them, but like, I'm, you know, like I, I can put chips, so I can put potato chips away except for the honey barbecue. Wow. I can't. If I start a bag, the whole thing's going. But I was saying, I was feeling kind of guilty because I was like, oh, this will be a great series because I can just get people from all over the world to send me chips. And I was like, wait a minute, that's a bit selfish. So then I thought I, in response, should send people weird Canadian chips like ketchup chips and all dressed and flavors that you guys don't have. Do they have to be potato chips or can it be other? Because there's so many different kinds of crunchy snacks. It could be another crunchy snack. I had a really good crunchy snack from... They have a, a grocery store, H Mart opened up nearby mm-hmm. and it's a Korean grocery store. And they had, I got a, a bag of like shrimp chips and they were really good, but it, they weren't made out of potatoes. They were like puffy kind of? A little bit. Yeah. But they yeah. were, they were, but I don't know. I enjoyed them. All right. But I don't, I mean, this is, I gave I'm up for any salty snack. Cause you may, you know, you may get somebody from another country that has a different salty snack. That's yeah. not potato. Well, that's how this all started was that, a, well, it was a potato snack, but um, a woman from Sweden sent me a bag of chips over Christmas as a, I know you love chips. Here's some weird ones from, I think it was Sweden. They were salted caramel. Ooh. Yeah. They were really weird. I but do I ate the whole bag. <laughs> but, but it was this really... No, it was not good. And she even agreed they were not good, but she was like, I thought it was funny. I thought you would want to try them. So I ate a few and I was like, ah, this is really weird. And then a few seconds later, I was like, well, maybe I'll have a few more. (laughs) And then Greg was like, you should do a whole thing about this and make people send you chips from all over the world. And I said, that's why I married you. (laughs) Ideas like that. All right. I'll be, I'll be listening to see what people send you because us is normal to me. Right. All right. Well, Martha, good luck with your cutting and hodgepodging today. And um, 
thank you for inviting me to come and talk to your class. At least, at least oh, I yeah, finally got to talk to your class. I, I, I appreciate you coming and talking to my class. Yeah, that was that was one benefit of the world being on Zoom at the moment because we've been trying oh, to do that for years. I've got some art to send to you from them too. So. Oh, good. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, all right. Well, have a lovely day. Thank you for giving me chips for breakfast and um, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Paint chips, the Utz Honey Barbecue Edition is officially in the books. As I suspected, that was kind of weird, <laughs> but delicious. Um, I learned about a new artist and I got to hang out with the always hilarious and inspiring Martha Rich. That kind of feels like a win to me. I hope it does for you too. One of my absolute favorite things about Martha, besides her fabulous artwork, of course, is that she is so unapologetically herself. As she said, she just likes what she likes. The end. I was so glad when she said that because I truly think that's what creativity and art is all about. Like what you like, make what you make. And if you wanna get deep, great. And if you don't, also great. Anywho, all of the work that Martha and I talked about is over on my site, thejawscurator.com. So if you're not there already, pop over to see Lenore Finney's Cat Ladies and the ominous neighborhoods of Amy Bennett. Thank you so much to Martha for eating chips and talking about art with me. And thank you for listening. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss any of the upcoming midweek paint chips episodes. There will be a normal episode of Art for Your Ear next weekend. See you then. Mm -hmm.